0: are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire, join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire.
1: Hi, and welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge, the number one healthcare show in the country about healthcare reform and the Affordable Care Act, or whatever you want to call it, Obamacare, SCOTUS Care, uh, single-payer, soon-to-be system, whatever you want to call it, we're here for you. As before the break, we were talking about Anthem and Cigna, Aetna, Humana, all merging from five companies down to uh, three. That would be also including United Health, who's probably looking to buy Aetna, So at the end of the day, you get two companies out of it. Higher rates, as proven by the 99 merger of Aetna and Prudential. And uh, an individual from the American Medical Association, Stephen Stack, said the uh, the lack of a... competitive health insurance market allows the remaining companies to exploit their market power, dictate premium increases, and pursue corporate policies that are contrary to patient interests. As I have completely and utterly been talking about this whole show, that everything that is going on today in the health industry, healthcare industry, is not in the best interest of the patient. And with that being said, I want to introduce to you one of my best friends and a special guest. He's the CEO of E.D. Bellis Healthcare Consulting, and he is the voice of America's Healthcare Challenge on a weekly basis. Sean McGuire is here with us. Welcome.
0: Hey, how's it going? I'm A-Voice of America's healthcare Challenge, Alan.
1: Great <laughs> to hear
0: your analysis here today. You've got some uh, great points you've made so far.
1: Well, thank you very much for that, Sean. And I would like to hear your perception of this deal between Anthem and Cigna for 54, $54.7 billion, as well as the deal from Aetna and Humana and what the future looks like on the insurance market.
0: Yeah, when you combine the two, I mean, isn't it over $100 billion between the two uh, acquisitions? or mergers, if you will, um, it's, it's something that I would like to just call insurance-opoly, it seems like, because uh, we're going to basically have an oligopoly uh, by the end of it, uh, according to some people, and I think it's going to have uh, big, big impacts on uh, consumers from their uh, premiums, which you talked about. Another point i like to make is on the side of deductibles and uh, those becoming uh, larger uh, since the Affordable Care Act. I think a lot of people know what I'm talking about and we're finding that medical bankruptcy um, is becoming uh, more and more prevalent as people uh, do not have the money uh, in their savings to meet these uh, serious costs uh, because the uh, $10,000 deductible uh, limit under the ACA, somewhere around there, um, is, exceeds the savings that over 50% of Americans have uh, on hand right now. So should someone have an illness, uh, they're in a difficult Bought. they've got collection agencies coming after them and you know the time is times are tough nobody's really uh said that the thing the, the recession has turned around and i think that that would be uh, correct as i'm up here in milwaukee a city i went to college to um right, you know,
1: right, right. around
0: you noticing you know some some businesses that were small you know lots of you know well milwaukee has a lot of bars imagine that you know <laughs> but they, they've got uh, a lot of these bars are closed that were around. Right. Uh, and so five years ago, I just think that it's just harder and harder to run a small business.
1: Well, and that's exactly it. At the end of the day, with the Affordable Care Act and all of these mergers, th- that it does have an impact on small business. Medicaid expansion uh, the, or the lack thereof in some states has hurt business in those states because some of those businesses that didn't pay insurance. And they paid into some of these different funds to create, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, unemployment benefits and on down the line. They can't afford it now. And so uh, they are closing. You know, at the you know, you talked about over 100 billion dollars. It's estimated that the new company between Anthem and Cigna will generate 115 billion dollars in annual revenue. So, yeah, I
0: mean, that's just ridiculous amounts of money. I mean. You know, it's probably good for their shareholders. in the you know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you mentioned some movement on Wall Street, you know, which was a good point. Uh, you know, I'd like to add that the day that uh, the anthem, or no, the day that the Supreme Court upheld, uh, you know, upheld, that, yeah, you know, King versus yeah, Burwell, right, right. The um, S and P sector of the healthcare industry was up like a ridiculous amount, right? Like, would have I... made a lot of money selling short on that
1: day well absolutely and you know when anthem already holds 35 percent of the commercial market you know you bring signa into that and their market shares down well over 50 percent right and so right. you know when we're talking about more choice in insurance i don't see how any of these mergers bring choice to uh the marketplace which we're all about at E.D. Bellis Healthcare Consulting, is we're about expanding the marketplace. We're, ex- we're we're here to help customers find the right plans and the right policies for their businesses. Isn't that right, Sean?
0: Oh, totally, totally, yeah. That's you know, a great point. And, um, you know, you mentioned airlines earlier, you know, and, and just I, I was doing some gradual work and uh, a lot of people in my class were um, aviation, you know, master's, students and one of them we were taking a healthcare class and they just essentially you know, applied to what happened in the aviation industry to what's starting to happen in the insurance industry.
1: Well, you know, President Reagan back in the 80s deregulated the airlines and now I think what we see is some of that uh, deregulation has finally devolved into all of these mergers. Well, we kind of deregulated the marketplace with health insurance, so to speak, because the SEC and the FTC aren't necessarily watching the hen house and they're allowing these mergers to happen and they're not doing anything about it so when you talk about a monopoly or an oligarchy i absolutely agree with you on that it doesn't help the consumer
0: no no i mean you know let's go back to you know these small businesses which you know when you look at our economy i mean almost the the majority of people work for small businesses you know you know of businesses most of them are small you know, and so a lot of people work in big companies, obviously, but,
1: you yeah, know. Yeah, but 80 per, 80% of the jobs created aren't by big business. They're by small business.
0: Right. And so when you look at, look at you know, look at what's happening to a small business, you know, first of all, this is the fact. Like, if you, you know, if you want to keep your employees, you need to offer them health insurance uh, because that's what people come to expect. I mean, that's just reality anymore, and especially uh, with the narrowing of the networks and, you know, the ACA. You know implications of these plans not probably being as good as we had thought. Uh, for some folks, uh, they're going to be looking to their employers to be offering
1: something. Right, and but, on, and honestly, Sean, wouldn't you say that with the elimination of the platinum plan uh, on the exchange, that that's going to limit the networks even further?
0: Sure, sure. I mean, you know. If you're a consumer that's going to utilize, it would probably behoove you to have a platinum plan because your deductible is lower. You're paying, I mean, it all works out to be about the same. It's just kind of an issue of your budgetary needs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So, like, you know, if you know you're going to uh, utilize, you want a deductible that's a lot lower. Well, and, and then you just pay a little bit more a month. But that that's not an option anymore. Well, and
1: so at the end of the day, when you think about this— You've got all of these insurance companies merging. You've got healthcare companies merging. You've got physician groups merging and medical technology groups merging. Uh, do you see any possible way that any of this will achieve what some of these companies have said uh, they're after? And that's cost savings, economies of scale. Uh, you know, I could make up words that some of them have said. Uh, that it you know at the end of the day it's going to cut costs for the customer. I, I it, no. to me it just doesn't jive with I the studies.
0: You know it's um you know it's difficult. I mean if he, that's an easy argument for them to to make. I would probably make that same argument if I was the CEO. But uh, what's going to happen is they're just going to become so large and bureaucratized uh, that it's just going to have a negative impact on both consumers and providers. So I'll give you two examples. Uh, a lot of carriers. Um, like to force uh, people to get pre-authorization that they need a certain treatment or, you know, maybe something in clinical trials or um, I actually have to get pre-authorized. So I know about this. Um, what, 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 when you get these organizations um, you, you have to fight through the bureaucracy and it's almost as bad as fighting with the government. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, absolutely. You go
0: through appeals and um, it's just like I had to go through appeal. Like luckily uh, they knew i had a radio show so they'd you know let me win because that would have been bad for them you know
1: but i'm sitting
0: in there and there's this family and um it's like a child and it's like the parents and they're just trying to argue to this appeals board to um you know get treatment for their kid i mean that is just unbelievable
1: right you know and i
0: think that's what's going to start happening and then when you look at it on the flip side of the health care provider uh these um, these pre-authorizations and, and fi- you know fighting to get paid, right? All of this stuff, um, you know, distracts from what they you know spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in training, you know, intuition and all their time and earning power, you know, which was to treat patients and they're, right? You know, and so they okay then they have to you know, you you talked about how like Medicaid expansion can create jobs. Probably true, but I bet a lot of those jobs are going to be administrative people dealing with
1: Medicaid. No, you're exactly you know right I mean? on that. Yes, and that's the flip side to it. Is sure it'll create five thousand jobs in the state of Nebraska or seven thousand or seventeen thousand in the state of Kentucky. Uh,
0: but their jobs. But they're flying with the government.
1: Right, their jobs with the government, and while it might be giving them a benefit, you know, package. Uh, is that good? Is that a good trade for taxpayers? And and that's yeah. the question I think at the end of the day that the legislature has to answer. It is this: Is receiving more money from the federal government a good deal for taxpayers? When at the end of the day we're only receiving fifty-seven cents out of every dollar back already on Medicaid. So, well,
0: I mean, uh, providers, I guess are. Deal with Medicaid, I'd say, because like they at least know they're going to get paid, you
1: know. Right, they but have
0: it, to fight with these care insurance companies, you know. But
1: but they fight with health insur- health insurance companies. They fight with Medicare. They fight with Medicaid. It just doesn't make any sense to me, uh, whatsoever, that that all of these folks are fighting like the Dickens just to get paid when they're providing a service of life saving care. To, yeah, patients, and so it's a it's a question for this for the legislature, uh, and I don't think a lot of them have taken it very seriously in the last year, on what does taking, or not taking Medicaid expansion dollars mean to the state of Nebraska?
0: Yeah, I mean you know, oh, we had a bunch of horses in that gubernatorial um, primary, and I think every single one of them, you know, had the standard line of you know I'm against it.
1: Right, and they did.
0: Essentially, and we need to repeal Obamacare. I mean, it's like, you know, I I think they need to, you know, whoever, you know, they may be, I guess, needs to listen to what the hospitals and doctors have to say. Right, and and here's... They're the stakeholders, and nobody gives them a listen. Right, oh no,
1: absolutely, and in the state of Nebraska, the Nebraska Hospital Association, which is the mouthpiece for all the small hospitals, and Laura Redouthi, who we should probably have on the show at some time talk about this subject, uh, is in favor of Medicaid expansion because, as we talked about earlier, 72 hospitals across the state of Nebraska, which is 500 miles wide, face closure at some point possibly because of the lack of Medicaid dollars. And so I just want to keep driving that point home. 72 hospitals could be closing in the state of Nebraska if we don't pass Medicaid expansion in the state. Now, as I s- said earlier this show, and I said last year and the year before, I think, we can design the plan to fit the needs of the state. Yeah.
0: They and, should just The state of Nebraska should just hire Edie Bellis because we could actually help them.
1: Make that's that. exactly right. The state yeah. should hire Edie Bellis because that's what we do, folks. And if you need our assistance.
0: We actually could help them create that.
1: And we're going to go to break. Sean, would you mind... Hanging on for the last segment.
0: Sure. All right, that'll be fine.
1: Thank you so much. And we're going to be right back with America's Healthcare Challenge. You can listen to us on the Mighty 1290 Coil app. You can call in at 402 342 1290 or 800 577 1290. We'll be back right after this.